This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Career Musician Podcast. My name is Michael Nomad Rapol, and I am so excited to bring you an amazing interview with Bernie Boyle, tour manager to the stars. What do John Mayle and the Blues Breakers, the Beatles, Paul McCartney, and Michael Jackson have in common? Well, they all call Bernie their buddy. We are here at Nomad's Place in South Africa, Johannesburg. And I'm sitting here with an amazingly accomplished tour manager, Mr. Bernie Boyle. Bernie, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's glad to be here. I'd like to say hello to all the fans out there. (laughs) And I don't know about amazingly this or anything else. I'm just an old guy that managed to hang on. Well, you've done an amazing job at that, to say the least. So for those of us who may not know, give us an idea of just a little bit of your history and who you have worked with in the past. I got started in this business in its infancy in the early 60s as a 17-year-old when I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. And I had a job. In those days, you left school at 16 and you went out and you got yourself a job. And I was on the train every day going to work and I met another young fella and he said to me, we got talking because we saw each other every day. And he said, what do you do for lunch? And I said, I don't do anything. He says, well, you know what? I know this club where they have bands that play at lunchtime. He said, why don't you meet me and I'll take you down there. This is in Liverpool where I was raised. And I go down there and this club was in a disused warehouse that they used in the old days for storing goods that came off the boats, the cargo ships that always docked at Liverpool. It had been cleared out and I walked in there, pitch black, couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I heard this band playing called The Big Three. And he was playing a song by the Shirelles called Boys. And I always remember it because the Shirelles had had a huge hit with Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? So I said to myself, my God, this is fantastic. And you could buy a cup of tea in there and a hot dog. So I stayed like for 50 minutes at the set and then I had to get back to work when he had one hour of lunch. And I saw the guy on his train the next day and I said, man, that was fantastic yesterday. He says, oh, he said, I'll take you to another place. He said, even better, you like it better. So he takes me down to a place called The Cavern. So I walk into The Cavern, and there's a band up there playing called Derry and the Juniors. There was a horn section in the band. I'd never seen anything like that up close. 
And they had a came out in smart red jacket and they did all kinds of stuff. And I thought, damn, this is fantastic. So about a week goes by and the guy says to me, let's go back down to the cavern again. So I walk in and I see four guys up there dressed in all black, in black leather, leather pants, leather jacket, and they were called the Beatles. So I thought to myself, my God, these guys are fantastic. I really thought that they were, they were I don't know why, they were playing tunes that I liked by people like Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, and Little Richard, and all these kind of artists. So one thing led to another, and I got to know them. I was a really cheeky kid, and so I ingratiated myself with the band one way or another, and I started helping, humping in the gear in and out of the cavern, became like a general gopher, and then I went to Germany with them as a gopher to the Star Club in Hamburg, and that was in 62... And then uh, when I came back, the manager, Brian Epstein, gave me a job in the, in his store. I worked in the basement. They had a record bar down there, and he used to run a, a dance hall in a, another town called Witness on a Monday night. And he used to have me run up and down there, putting up posters on lampposts and telegraph poles. And then I'd go up there and take the tickets and run the lights and all kinds of stuff. I was just a, a general dog's body. And then when the Beatles used to play this show, I used to stand outside and I had a, a bag that you got from a grocery store and it was full of postcard-sized pictures of the four of them in those Nero jackets. It's a famous picture, you still see it today. Wow. And they signed all of them, autographed them all. And I used to give them Jeez. to people coming out saying, here, you know, give them one each. And by the end of the night, I still have this bag left over. And it was, I thought, you know, this bag's too heavy for me to be carting around. I'm going to the pub to have a couple of drinks. So I'd find a trash can and throw, them, oh. throw the rest in there. <laughs> so, of course, if I still had those, those bags oh today, I wouldn't be on the road right now with Babyface. <laughs> I'd be retired now, living next door to Babyface. <laughs> you know, but um, anyway, what a that, that's how I got started in this business. As you can see, it takes more than just dreams. Initiative, determination, motivation, all key factors in staying in this game for the long haul. They went on to be famous and I was a kid and I didn't have the wherewithal to carry on what I was doing. And then about five years later, I was doing a job and I got to know this guy. And he said to me, hey, he said, you, you, you know about bands and setting up the equipment, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, there's a guy, John Mayle and the Blues Breakers. Oh, yeah. We need a guy lifting the organ. He had a B3 organ. And we had two poles that went through it and I'd get on the back end of it and the heavy end and lift it up and down staircases and we had a little transit van and we would fill it up with the gear and then every night I would go up there and play all these clubs and set up the gear, the drum kits. And... Fortitude. Stick with it, kid. We'll take you straight to the bottom. <laughs> We've all heard that one before or some semblance thereof. Let's hear Bernie talk about the next phase of his career. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, 
I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. So anyway, that's how I got started in the business. Okay. And uh, of course, it went on from there. And then with Mail, he came to America and then he took, brought me over here. And I got promoted to be the road manager, mm. which didn't really mean much. Except okay. I got more money. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> which was a good thing. Yeah. And then one thing led to another and I was with him until 73. Then in 73, I went off and did some work with Cat uh, Stevens. And then I went on the road with the Electric Light Orchestra from mm. 73 to 79 with the tubes from 79 till around 84. Then it all started to meld into other things. I, after the tubes, I went on the road with Earth Supply, I think. Oh, in wow. the 80s when they were big. And then I went on the road with Bonnie Raitt. And then I went on the road with Joe Satriani and Black Sabbath. I did um, Michael Jackson in 96, 97, and 99. Into the 2000s, I was out with Paul McCartney in 2004, 2005. So you circled back. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was funny because where the, the O2 is in London now, yeah, that dome that is there was the biggest indoor dome in the world. And so we went into rehearsals because McCartney was playing stadiums. Mm -hmm. So we erected the show in there. It was big enough. You could, I mean, this place was huge, huge. Yeah. The first day Paul shows up at rehearsals, one of the guys I was working with says, hey, I'll introduce you to Paul. So I go over and I shake hands with him. So he says, oh, Paul, this is the new tour manager, Bernie. You know? And he shakes hands with me and he says, uh, I know you. Now, I hadn't seen him in at least 25 years. That night when he was leaving, I could see him looking at me and he was, mm. he was working on anything to himself. I know this guy, I yeah. know this guy, you see. So the next day, where we had these offices and dressing rooms was like to get to where the stage was, you had to go on a golf cart. Oh, right. Too far to walk. Sure. So Paul's in his dressing room. The guy that introduced me to Paul says, hey, he says, uh, Paul said to me, Bernie's from Liverpool, right? And the guy says, yeah. He says, that isn't our Bernie that came to Hamburg, is it? And so this guy says to me, well, are you? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I am. Yeah. So he jumps up and he goes back yeah. into the dressing room and he tells McCartney. Well, McCartney comes out and he looks at me and he says, I fucking well knew that was you. He said, he said, you come in here. He said, when I said I knew you and you said, oh, yeah, you're being Mr. Cool. And he grabs me around the neck and he's telling everybody, you know, I've known him since he was 17 years old. Wow. So then what happens was everywhere we go, he would, he would tell people, I've known him since he was 17. So I've known him since he was 17. Ah, oh, humility. Feels good to know that people recognize you even when you're not jumping up and down, saying, look at me, look at me. And then, then we had something happen out there, and I, and I made it right 
I can't remember what it was. You're good at and, that, by and, the way. And so, and so you do that well. <laughs> so, so one of the guys said, "Yeah, well, Bernie, oh, yeah, he's a good guy." And Paul immediately says, "Well, yeah, he learned from the best. <laughs> took full credit for it. He took full credit, you know." That Bernie, uh, that story. So, uh, is, so that's oh, kind of like, and, and here I am, you know, still the plugging away. That's and, amazing. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> you you answered on. three of my questions just in this <laughs> in this whole scenario. I love it, man. But that's a it's a bit a long winded uh, way of what I've been doing. I mean, I've encapsulated yeah, like forty five years of being on the road. You know. So speaking of which, it's it said that principles remain the same, methods change, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, tell us a little bit about that because you, like you said, the past forty five years, you've seen the business go morph through all these different changes. Yeah. So how do yeah. I mean, I'd like to say it's changed for the better, okay. but it hasn't. Right. You know, I was very fortunate to be born at a time and get into this industry when it was at its finest. Yeah. And it'll never be repeated. Believe me, it won't. Everything's fragmented. The heart and soul of what made the 60s so great and the 70s so great is long gone. Mm. that feeling's not around anymore mm-hmm. more people with less talent have got bigger egos mm. there's not that family spirit there's mm-hmm. not that that camaraderie where people are kind of um, looking out for each other that old for want of a better expression that old san francisco hippie type vibe you know right. i remember doing shows at the fillmore east and the fillmore west back in the the late 60s early 70s you'd walk in and everybody was smoking weed you know yeah. and everybody was having a good time and That's the authorities nice. didn't give a shit you know yeah. everybody was in the, all heads together and in those days music was a catalyst that brought kids together that were of a they had long hair. They had a different way of looking at things. They were anti the Vietnam War. They were very liberal-minded. They could um, they all be in a room watching a band together, and they were all simpatico with each other. Mm. That doesn't happen it's a today. Thing, yeah. You know, of course, what happened there was with the advent of the Beatles and the British invasion or whatever. It then morphed into books and movies and fashion and uh, youth had a voice after the second world war that it hadn't had in the you know because even in america even in the 60s and into the 70s there was still a very reticent point of view as far as youth was concerned are they young you know what do they know and they know nothing they're all wet behind the ears right to a certain degree it was true but at least the youth movement got woken up Taking that a step further to where we are today, I don't know if we're leaving leaving the world in a better place. Mm. But in terms of the music business, when it really started to go sour was when business managers got in. Bean counters showed up. The suits. That was it. Well, the suits were okay when you were talking about agents and managers. Managers. But what happened was Mm. when you got the bean counters in, they sucked the lifeblood out of it. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, what's the bottom line? The bottom line was Always more the bottom line than the show. It, right? the show right, and right. it was more important right. than the, the artistic way people did things mm. and, and and all the rest of it. And then, of course, that manifested itself across the board in show business, whether it was mm. in TV, whether it was in the theater, whether Film. it was in movies. And it was all about getting sponsorships and what did you sell at the box office right. and what... And, and to this day, it's all about the bottom line, mm. all about the bottom line, how much light, sound, video mm. content. And I mean, it's all well and good having all this stuff, 
But at the end of the day, are the fans getting any better of a show because of all the razzmatazz when it's actually four guys on stage or five guys, however many it might be, putting on a show, which is the human element of it, and putting their heart and soul into it. And there used to be a saying in the old days when you would be in the theatre, that when you were on the theatre, right at the very front, there was a set of lights on the floor. They used to call them the, 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 um, uh, the footlights, mm. right, in okay. the theatre. And, and, and your job was to project over those footlights into the audience. So the people at the back of the hall, I'm talking about the theatre now oh, on Broadway, oh, so they I could see. hear you. Okay. So, so that was the, the deal. Excellent. You're on stage and you've got to project over the oh, footlights right. into the back of the hall. That was the, the, the criteria. And we had it in the, in, with bands in the, you know, the 60s and 70s and into the 80s. But now everybody's got to top each other and all the rest of it. We've lost that. Mm. You know, the band gets up on stage and they play. And because of all the razzmatazz, I think that you're losing the pure essence of people performing. Mm. And um, it's a shame. Bring back the music. Let the old school style of performing still abound in every show that you do. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So yeah. it's a different world. It's a different world, you know. And the young people today don't know any difference, so they think so that that is where it becomes status quo. Now. That precisely. Yeah, it's a great perspective. So listen, let me. I'm only going to ask you uh, two quick more questions. Yeah. Tour essentials. When you're on tour, I know there's a handful of things that are really important to me. One of them, I'll just use as an example. I love the fact that you do bag call. Mm -hmm. Not all the tour managers these days still do bag call. Mm -hmm. Now, is it because I'm prissy or spoiled? No, it's actually because I'm carrying a guitar, I'm carrying my backpack, I might be carrying you know, something else, a computer or something, and then to carry my bag as well, it's like, wow, that's a hassle. When you do bag call, 
yeah. and then you check it in at the airport all together, that's quite a relief for me. You know, so so what are some of the tour essentials that you believe in? And, and well, just well, you? just take that one thing for instance. You can you used to be able to do that all the time. You yeah. can't do it all. You can't do it anymore because in the states, you know, you go to the airport, you got to check your own bags in. You got to oh, go yeah, through yeah, security. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you. I mean, I used to be able to go to the airport with all the bags, all the airline tickets. Go there, check everybody in, get the boarding cards, wait on the sidewalk. The van shows up, boom, boom, boom. Gates comes up. You can't do that anymore. You've got to have ID. Right. The IDs, the face on the, the ID has got to right. match the, the ticket. Right. You've got to go through security. Right. You know, they want to open the bag. Who packed the bag? Mm. What do I know? Right. I'm stuck there with 14 bags. In the yeah. old days, when I was on the road with John Mellon and the Blues Breakers, we used to have, you know, all of our, we'd carry our stuff with us when we were flying from city to city. I could go in there. Slip a sky cap, 50 bucks. He'd check in all my luggage. He'd check in all the, the band's equipment. Three yeah. guitars. Talking you know, about 25, 30, 40 pieces? Not that many, okay. but, you know, certainly over a dozen or more. Plus okay. plus the personal luggage. You go to the airline today, they won't take your bag if it's three kilos overweight. So those essential things, you try to do what you can. I mean, you come yeah. here to different countries. They've got different ways of doing things. Yeah. You know, you try to make it. My aim is to try and make things run smoothly. And you do the best you possibly can with it. Doesn't always work out. Right. There are bumps in the road. Tomorrow we're going to leave. We're going to fly internationally. Tomorrow you're going to have to stand there with your passport and the ticket and say, "Which are my bags? Those right. two are going to Los Angeles, you know, or right. those two oh, are right, going to go right, to right, Cleveland." Right. That's right. 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 So, right. so those sort of things, you know, you can't really do it. Yeah. But when you can. It's good to be able to do. Now, if you're on a bus doing a bus tour, then I can I can go. Hey, uh, my bag call is at whatever time it is, and get the bags in the downstairs, and then I get to load them on the bus. Right. Then you can do it. That's a lot easier. But it's a lot yeah. easier to do. But you can't you can't be doing stuff like that. Modern technology, some in some ways, has helped. Uh, I always like to put a day sheet underneath the door, right. but now people like to get them emailed, emailed. to them. You know, right. but, but day I, sheets are still nice. But, though. but I still do the day yeah. sheet because yeah. I don't know if the guy has got no cell service, his batteries Ooh, run out, or whatever. And the other thing is with that is that the last thing I want to hear from some guy who's late in the lobby, hey man, I didn't get my day sheet. Well, bullshit, you did because I stuck it underneath your door. You know, <laughs> so he can't tell me no, he didn't get it. And I mean, I do it personally. I know lots of tour managers. Oh, okay. They give it to the bellman they and they say, here's 10 bucks. Go oh. And I say to them, well, how do you know that it got underneath the door? That's and you great. know what their answer is? They tell me, well, I got mine. But that doesn't guarantee everybody that, goes that, that, What happens, if, what happens if he, by accident, slipped two under one door? Sure. You've got to do it yourself. Right. It's, in, it's, it's called ass covering. So that right. somebody can stand down and say, well, hey, man, I didn't get it. Yes, you did get it because I put it there. Ah, the devil's in the details. Read your day sheet. Look at your itinerary. Remember, there's a lot of moving parts on tour. Do your part in making sure you show up when you're supposed to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Passion, quality control, and that's what a manager does. Yeah. And we all know that creative types sometimes yeah. can be spacey. So it's oh. important to have sometimes. Like you. <laughs> sometimes I'm guilty. Being, I ask, "Hey, Bernie, being, what time are we doing?" You're being kind, aren't you? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's great. So yeah. listen, another thing, being on the road, it's tough. We talked about it the other day at breakfast. Health. What are some of the things that you do to try to keep your body, uh, you know, up to snuff out here on the road? Well, you know, years and years ago, <clears throat> I used to hammer it, you know, like everybody else, sure. and then wake up like death. But as I've gotten older now, I can't do that to my body because one of, of these days, if I do, I won't wake up at all. And somebody's going to say, "Did you hear about Bernie Fall? What? <laughs> he died at the Holiday Inn. Well, I won't be at the Holiday Inn, but it will be, be, you know, he, it'll he, be four he, he died. He died at the Ritz Carlton in New York, <laughs> and uh, they'll put a plaque on the door. Uh, you know, but you eat well. I, I, I've seen I, you. I, I do. I yeah, try to eat you, well. I, I've never been afraid to go to the doctor. Okay, good. I go for regular checkups. Uh, I get all the things you're supposed to do when you get to a certain age in life. Okay. I do all of those. I've had a couple of bumps in the road uh, health-wise, but I've got over those. And I'm here and, you know, enjoying yeah. it. And I enjoy what I'm doing. That's another mm, thing. And then there are days when I go, Jesus, this is a pain in the ass, you know? Right. But what I like doing more than goes prior to a tour, putting the tour together, yeah. I get a real kick out of wheeling and dealing with people uh, and the buzz of knowing what I want, getting the price that I want, mm -hmm. negotiating, getting emails. I like to, I get up at seven o'clock in the morning, I like to come down to my computer and see half a dozen emails that I've got to get on right away. And I'm not Just, talking about emails from Amazon trying to no, sell me no, something. You're you talking know? about real legitimate business Yeah, business. Emails, yeah. And, I, and I still get a yeah. kick from that. And uh, awesome. so they're the kind of the sort of the things that, and then you meet some great people along yeah, the way. Yeah, that's right. You got, I mean, as far as traveling and going to great countries, uh, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, I've been to, I've been to everywhere I want to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, I mean, there's nowhere I haven't been and performed at, at various at various levels. And there are certain uh, artists that I've worked with on the road. I've got a deep, deep affection for, and I would drop everything to go back on the road with them tomorrow if I thought it was if it was going to be happening. You know. There's certainly nothing like a great sense of camaraderie out there on the road. Let's see what Bernie has to say to all those aspiring career musicians out there gearing up for the next touring season. Pearls or words of wisdom to, let's say, some of the younger generation musicians, crew people coming up who want to do this. What would you tell them? See if you can go to plumbing school. <laughs> Besides that, Bernie. <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> because I never forget, there was a guy that called up the musicians, you, and he said, hey, he says, I need uh, six musicians on Saturday night to do a wedding. How much is it going to cost me? And the guy said, $7,500. He said, $7,500? He said, my God, that's so expensive. And the guy told him, he said, I'll tell you what to do. Call up the plumbers and see if you can get six guys to show up your house at six, six o'clock on Saturday night. And whatever they're going to charge you, we'll do it for half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I would say to these kids today is if you're going to go out there and get in this business, yeah. you know what? Don't be kicking the can down the road. Check everything yourself. Dot all the I's. Cross all the T's yourself. You do go. not take modern technology and go... I've got a checklist. I've got to send an email to the guitar player. I've got to check one to the bass player. And when you send it, say, my job's done. Follow up on Follow it. Up. Make sure you get a reply. Let, make sure they got it. They understand. 
so there can be no screw-ups. That's right. I mean, you just got to follow everything. Just do not kick the can down the road and think you've done it. And don't delegate stuff to other people when you know you can do it yourself uh -huh. just because you're being lazy. Don't that, do don't that. Don't do that. Telltale yeah. sign, your email signature says, please yes. let me know you received this. Yes. Please, please Correct. confirm receipt. But I'm out here on the road with four lovely guys. They all reply. Right. As soon as they, and all you got to say is, got it. Got it. That's, That's all it. I need. Got it. You know, and then you can move on. And, you know, and if you're on the road and you've got a guy in the band that's a pain in your ass, you've got to just pull him to one side and go down to his room and sit down with him and say, hey, listen, you know, we're out here together, all trying to make a living. I'm trying to do the best I can. We, we've got to get over our problems here. You've got to, you've right. got to man up. Right. Be a man and sit down and talk about it. You know, and you, you've both got your point of views and you've got a place where you want to get to. That's it, you know. That's it. Problem solved. Bernie Boyle, it has truly been a pleasure. And you, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. And a good jokester. <laughs> I love it. Well, you've got to have a little humor out here, otherwise you fucking shoot yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the damn sure. Well, there you have it for this episode of the Career Musician Podcast with Mr. Bernie Boyle, tour manager to the stars. My name is Michael Nomad Rapol. Please be sure to like the Career Musician Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And when you get a moment, please leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to us on, iTunes, Podbean, etc. And don't be afraid to share this with all of your fellow musician friends, and even hobbyists or just fans of music in general. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Nomad signing off. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.